All right. Well, season's greetings. Season's greetings. That's the name of the episode. That is. I didn't even. <laughs> oh, I didn't even plan it. Wow, wowie! Look at me. You're wow, killing wow, wow. it. It's great. Right off the top. It feels very festive. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we head into another lockdown potentially. Mm-hmm. Just you know, lots of good tidings and cheer all around. Yep. So. Maybe another lockdown, but silver lining, you can get rapid tests at the LCBO. Yep, but not at all LCBOs, and they don't have a high supply, and people are saying they've already seen people, like, because you get them for free, they already see people, like, scalping them on on Marketplace and stuff. So, you know, it's the the season of goodwill amongst men. Yep. Peace on earth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there's something that people can scalp, they'll scalp it. Yeah, I heard people were selling Tim Beebs merch. Oh, yeah. Like ebay maybe yep. and on marketplace it yeah. was nuts what a very canadian sentence the lcbo and tim beebs <laughs> yep tim beebs for those of you who don't know for our 14 listeners i think we had uh 15 for the first episode wow okay uh if any are american justin bieber collabed with tim hortons yes. and made limited edition tim bits yep called tim beebs yep because they clearly couldn't call them like Tim or Bieber balls or anything like that because they knew that they would just get jokes about testicles. Yeah. yeah. And there is merch that goes with it. I haven't had any. Uh, I've had them. Are they good? They're not bad. I think the the birthday cake waffle is great. It's just okay. like a birthday cake timbit with like crumbly waffle pieces on top. Love okay. it. Great. Uh, the sour cream uh sour cream glazed with uh chocolate chips yeah it's hit or miss okay. like the both times i had it there was barely any chocolate chips on them well you heard it here folks this is alex's hot take on timby that's right and then the chocolate with white fudge <laughs> it just tastes like the chocolate one with like a little bit of extra icing not okay. worth it okay so if you're gonna get it just get the other two all right yeah it's been a crazy week yep just like that has premiered oh it's and oh. just and oh, yeah. just like that yeah 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 the sex in the city reboot yeah spoilers uh of plenty uh suck it big <laughs> i am very disappointed with this reboot of sex in the city that really took what sex in the city was which was like four friends that just like had fun talked about stuff but it wasn't like serious like woke stuff yeah and that's what this new i guess season is about like miranda is basically like like trying so hard to not be a karen that she's becoming a karen yeah and i am very disappointed with all of the clothes that they've been wearing i i i'll be honest i put on the episode fast forwarded to watch big die stop are you serious yeah just because i well because sam like sam rides a peloton yeah. So she was like, oh, like, I heard that Peloton was going to be in it. And, like, all this stuff was going on about, has oh, Peloton been, reacted. Has and... she been afraid to use her Peloton? No. And then after <laughs> everything came out against Chris Noth now, she's more yeah. like, yeah, good. Like, fuck that guy. Like, oh, I'll ride my Peloton what more. What came out about Chris Noth? Oh, like, sort of, like, Me Too sort of stuff. Like, oh, a couple people. Yeah. And then oh, some people shit. are like, this shouldn't be a shock. Like, there's an article back in the 90s about him beating up his ex-girlfriend. Oh. Where... His ex, like the quote headline of the article is like, I was afraid I'd become the next Nicole Simpson or the Nicole Brown. 
oh my god yeah so the only blind item i've heard and read about chris noth was that he um was like a serial cheater like it's known that like yes he's married but he's not faithful to his wife right and he may have actually hooked up with Kristen davies charlotte like quite a few times scandal um to the point where i guess there was like bad blood between her and sarah jessica parker as a result i love like weird onset shit like that like i don't know if you ever watched game of thrones i've only watched like a little little bit of it because they just kept killing off the people that i liked yeah the like cersei the the, the blonde queen lady like yep. uh, lena Headey. yeah she dated a guy who was uh i i did read that yeah yeah and like they were they weren't they wouldn't be on set together they couldn't, they couldn't be in the same scene no they couldn't film at all together because no. of it yeah you know what i like to read though and this is so nerdy of me I like it when I find out that cast members are actually really good friends in real life. No, I love stuff like that. <laughs> like when you read about like, oh, like about Degrassi castmates, like, oh, you know, this person came to this person's wedding or whatever. Yeah, like I think it's so cute because like everyone, I mean, like it's a job, it's work. And like, yes, there's people that you get along really well with. Yeah. And there's people that you really don't like, but you have to see them every day because it's a job. And you get really lucky if you have, like, a really close friend, like my friend Susan. Shout out, Susan. My friend Lauren. They both actually listen to it. So Susan and Lauren, shout out. Um, But I love hearing, like, little things like on Gossip Girl, Ed Westwick and Chase Crawford were roommates. Okay, that's cool. And I thought that was so cute because they actually were roommates on the show. Yeah. Um, And what I read something else that... I forget. Yeah. Uh, no, I love reading stuff like that. But yeah. I also love when it's like, not exactly bad blood, but like chirpiness. Like when, uh, I think it was Josh from Drake and Josh or whatever mm. got married. And then yeah. whoever one of them got married, the other one was like, hey, where was my invite? I'm like, like on social media. Oh, like, that's so that's awkward. Funny. Yeah. Because yeah. like sometimes it's funny when you look at like the cast of Community. Yes. Whereas like a lot of them like love each other. Great. Yeah. You'll see them respond to each other stuff. Yeah. And nobody Bill... interacts with Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, but you know what? I feel like I loved first season. I love Community. Yeah. I loved first season Community the most because it was more like, oh, this actually is very much what a community college feels like. Yeah. Because we went to in... In Canada, we don't call it community college. It's and it's just college, college or university. Yeah. And Alex and I both went to college. Yeah. And um, in first season, like that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Was like, it's not a university. There's not that pretense. Yeah. But there's people that take it a lot seriously, a lot more seriously than others. Yeah. Like I remember when they did like the open house for my program. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy who was in his like late 20s or early 30s and was sort of like you know how many group projects are we gonna have to do because i don't want to have to be chasing around a bunch of like stupid teenagers <gasps> like trying to get my work done it's like and then that same guy later on uh he was a year behind me obviously because i was at the open house and he i was working it and oh, he was okay but i remember one time he filled in when we were doing like the weather traffic whatever the tv morning yeah. news and he wasn't prepped to be on camera and i i would leave like extra clothes 
in the studio just in case people needed it. And he was a very slender man, and I am not. I'm not a gigantic guy, but I'm a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he had on like one of my shirts or something, and from the front it looked fine, but you could, from the back it was like they had like somebody's like hair clip pulling it back and and like you know tied in the back yeah. or whatever. And somebody made some joke to him about it. he's like, oh sorry, like all the clothes they have around here are like clothes for like a fat king. And I was like, oh no, what? Are, <laughs> just like I'll I'll never forget it because like I, I was more just like who says that like. To just be like, oh, yeah, it's only, like, plus-size clothes around here. Yeah. It's be, like, clothes for a fat king. And I'm like, I guess I dress really well. I guess he thinks I'm, like, Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I'm of royalty. Yeah, I'm Henry the Eighth. the later years. Like, you but, know. But get, sorry, getting back to community. Yeah. First season, excellent. Oh, yeah. It got, it was good until I think about season four or five four's bad yeah four's when uh dan Harmon left yeah because chevy chase essentially got him fired well he got himself fired but you know what though i've read i love snl um so i i've read about i've read a lot about like chevy chase and he's just like a notorious difficult person to work with yeah. on set um he got in a fist fight with bill murray yeah because he was like oh so like he, he basically said like oh like you're my replacement yeah eh? Yeah. yeah like, like dickish stuff like that yeah like uh john carpenter who made like halloween mm-hmm. and the fog and all those movies he made one movie in the early 90s called memoirs of an invisible man yeah and it wasn't as much a movie he wanted to do but it was like a, a chevy chase like vehicle sort of thing like oh this is the movie chevy wanted to get made yeah. and john carpenter's like really cool dude you watch interviews with him he's just like smoking and telling stories and he'll talk shit about everybody he'll be like oh yeah and then i was working on this movie and fucking guy did this and blah 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 he's an open book with everybody but he will not talk about that's the one movie he won't talk about he's like i'll never talk about it you you won't be able like i'll take it to my grave like that was the worst experience of my life i'm never going to talk about it again Mm -hmm. and you know a, a, a lot of people seem to have chevy chase stories like that like um christmas vacation yes was originally supposed to be directed by chris columbus who then went on to direct home alone yeah because he walked off the set because chevy chase was so awful yep yeah because john hughes wrote uh both yes. movies he wrote yeah. christmas vacation and home alone yep. and chris columbus was like i'm off like i need to do something else and john hughes was like well i got home alone if you want to do that for you yeah, yeah. so and that's yeah. why like the guy who directed christmas vacation was like he wasn't a nobody, but I think he was like like a, a Swedish or something director. He, yeah. 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 I guess like the last thing I have to say about Chevy Chase, and this would probably tell you everything you need to know about him. Yep. He enrolled in school purposefully just to avoid going to Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think at one point maybe hid in Canada. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he was... But, like, and again, like there's... Okay, like he went to school. A lot of people did. But that just shows, like, the privilege of somebody that, like, he didn't have any intention of going to school. Yeah. And oh, he's signed like... up to go to school to avoid it, where thousands and thousands of young men had no choice but to go. Yeah. People who were of lesser means. Yes. Because Chevy Chase is his nickname. He is Carlton Cruz Chase the Third, I believe oh his name God. is. Yeah. He's like Anderson Cooper. Like, he's like mm. a Vanderbilt style, yeah. of, like old New York. Of money. Have you seen the the trailer for that new? It's like Downton Abbey, but it's in New York. It's about like old old money, new money. No, but I'm so excited about yeah, that. Yeah, it's and it's got uh, Christine Baranski is one of the stars. Oh my god! We, you have to watch the trailer when okay. we're done this. It, Nothing 
I love nothing more than like upper class, lower class TV. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm oh, just it's like, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. So That's all enough. of that said, yeah. 12, 12 minutes in. Yes. We are talking about the Degrassi uh, Junior High episode. Christmas special. Yes. Although Christmas special is very loosely said because this is one of those Christmas episodes that isn't really a Christmas episode. It, it felt very, like, it felt very fast paced when I was watching it. Like, it felt almost like a fever dream. <laughs> like, I was watching it and I was like, did that? Did that actually happen? It's 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 a real true like bottle episode. Yes. And I have a feeling it's because like the they did the two parter at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They have a couple big things coming up in the show. Yeah. So I think it's more like okay, we're doing a clip show. Yeah. That is also our our yeah, it's a clip show that is also our Christmas <sighs> episode. Um, that is going to be a bottle episode because we we need to get it done. We need to get it shot in two days because we need to devote more to like you know an episode coming up how do you feel about clip shows because i truly dislike them in today's era useless yeah in a time where like you didn't have streaming you didn't have dvds you didn't have vhs episodes of Mm -hmm. shows it made sense where it's like okay a clip show is a good idea because this is a way people can jump onto the show and just see like all the funniest stuff we've done this season or, or whatever so like I get it and like it is usually like a cost saving or time saving thing where it's like okay if we can get an episode shot in two days that saves us like an extra week or these kids are actually going home for Christmas mm-hmm. so we want to be able to shoot it in one weekend instead of two or whatever yeah. it is because they always shot on the weekend like these kids went to school during the week this isn't like Saved by the Bell where they went to like on set school and and did whatever during the week it's like no like they did school during the week and then they would get bussed to this school on the weekend and they would shoot over the weekend. That's so cute. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the episode is called Seasons Greetings. I think it's episode four of yeah. season three. And uh, yeah, as we said, it's a it's a clip show. And uh, again, it starts with one of the secret little gems of junior high. And sometimes you really have to crank the the volume to hear it. But like the principal's announcements, a lot of times are very funny. Like I mentioned it in the, the episode with the licorice and and Yick and Arthur uh, following Rick around. Where they were like, oh, you know, like you can't post posters or notices without permission from the office. And that includes the uh, poster about notices and the notice about posters. And I'm like, that's funny. Like, these are funny little things that they write for the announcer voice man to say, the principal who we never see. Yeah. It's almost like the like sign gags on The Simpsons. Like they spend a lot of time like drawing up the little signs in the background and and doing these fun little announcements and like it's it's not as appreciated as it should be. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to lie. I was not a fan of this episode. Oh, that's totally fair. I, it's a weak ass episode. I had to um after this watch Next Generation their Christmas episode. Yes. Um which actually was considered like a Degrassi special. Yeah because um, it was it was like a two-parter but they aired it as like one episode or whatever at the yeah time, they right? aired yeah. it yeah they aired it as one and it was the degrassi special yeah um and i had to watch that as kind of a palate cleanser yeah just, because i forgot that this was not a great episode we just wanted not, to do something we just wanted to do something festive and jolly for all you listeners yeah. we've, we've got a bunch of episodes pre-recorded but which we'll be releasing you know over the next couple weeks when we won't be able to record and if we go into lockdown we've got some built up just in case oh no 
but we wanted to get together. It's right before Christmas, yeah. and you know, I, I we wanted to do this and have an episode for you guys for the holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, let's get into it. Yes. Ugh. So. So it pulls in on. Is that Tim? I always forget his name. I think that's Tim. He is wiping sweat from his face. Yeah. Um, and they're saying like, oh, the furnace is broken. I think that they wrote in the furnace being broken because they filmed this in the summer, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. I mean, I know they shot some during the school year, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I. It, it's hard to say when for sure it would have been filmed, but... I get what you're saying where yeah. like it could have been like unseasonably warm or it could have been like, you know, okay, we, we want to just have everybody not have to be sitting around in sweaters or, yeah. you know. Anyway, the furnace being broken is a major plot point. Oh, it's the only, it's, the, it's, it's like the B story. No, no, it's the C story. I don't know. Yeah. There's three little stories going on. One is the clip show. Yep. One is uh, Spike and Shane about the about Baby Emma, which Baby is actually Emma, like it's, is... it's it's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, it's the most interesting part of this episode. Yep. And then uh uh yeah the the furnace being broken. So Doris is wandering around saying hi, Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. I like their little festive decorations. It looks cute. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those like I miss the way it used to be, but like. You know, I always had fun and I went to public school and we did fun stuff at Christmas, but like, I get it. And then this is weird because they basically reused the same shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I made sure it wasn't just on YouTube. I put on my DVD. Yik Yik walks in. He walks into the cafeteria twice. Yeah. Walks in. They cut to um, Doris. Doris. And then he comes back in. Yeah. It's it's a glitch in the Matrix. It's a deja vu. It's very strange. But. I will say I always loved like the last couple days before Christmas break. Oh, the best. It's the best. It's so fun. Oh yeah. It was just like you would bring baked goods or yeah. or or just candy or something. Yep. And the teacher would put on like a Christmas CD. Yep. Or Christmas specials on the TV and you would just have like busy work where it was like make an ornament or color the sheet. Yeah, or we all have to clean out our desks and lockers. Yeah, so that you don't leave food to fester over the yeah. the, the, the couple weeks. Uh, so I th- I guess today would have been the last day of school for yeah. everybody. Yeah. And they had to take everything home because yeah. they might not go back. Yeah. Oh, what a time. Anyway, we see Dor- Dorothy. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm pausing again. One of the first comments, because I watched this on YouTube, and I found these comments to be hilarious. Okay. Arthur's cousin looks and sounds like a female version of him. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's exactly why they hired her. I wonder if she actually is his sister. I wouldn't be shocked, you know, that it wasn't as much a thing on old Degrassi as it was on Next Generation, where there was a lot of related... yeah. Yeah. Seriously. How in the heck does Dorothy, this Dorothy chick, know everything that happened in Yick and Arthur's friendship? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I also want to say one of the comments, dang, Yick's voice got very deep in in this season. (laughs) So Arthur's like sweating, visibly sweating, wearing his sweater. That's what I mean. I feel like it was a very hot day for them. Yeah. 
Yik is just wearing like a, a, a polo or a golf shirt or whatever. Okay, they exchange little presents. Yeah. I have to pause it because Yik is being a little bit of a, a brat about it. Um, but the way that Arthur wrapped that present. Yeah. Beautiful. The attention to detail. It is a gold wrapped little box with multiple ribbons. He even added, it looks like, fluff to make snow. Yeah, or I thought it might have been like a tiny Santa or, yeah. or a stocking or something. It is, like, it is a gorgeously wrapped present. You would think uh, Rowan Atkinson from Love Actually wrapped it. Like <laughs> That's my favorite scene. I love that scene. It's don't, the best scene. Don't love that movie because I don't know if it aged It is super, super well. problematic. So it is problematic. a movie that Sam and I watch every year. Yeah. But every year I watch it, I'm like, it's so weird that like Kira Knightley was like 18 when they made this. What is your most favorite? We're, go, we're, we're going off topic because I... This is what the listeners yeah. are here for, though. They know that, like, this is a Degrassi podcast in quotes. Degrassi it's more of an slash musing. Amber and Alex drink. Oh, by the way, I'm drinking um, oatnog and rum tonight. Very um, nice. I had eggnog the other day, but I was like, ooh, I want to try that, you know, uh, vegan uh, nog, yeah. which is oatnog. Yeah. It's It's tasty like it, it doesn't taste the same but it's very tasty and it works well with rum uh what are you drinking tonight amber so i'm drinking um gin and soda Ooh. with a little bit of lime love it i was gonna drink um there's a distillery here collective arts that does gin and i actually have a bottle but i didn't feel like opening it so it's just your run-of-the-mill tanqueray yeah that's fine anyway what's your favorite most favorite christmas movie of all time. Of all time. Um, the horror movie Black Christmas, the one oh. from the 70s. I got to actually went okay. and saw it in the theater the other night at okay. the, the Playhouse. Yep. Um, but as far as like actual like Christmassy thing. Yeah. I think just because of like when I saw it, memories associated with it, the first Home Alone. Yes. Like <sighs> Christmas Story is another big one for me because back before that used to replay like all day every day on yep. TBS. It was one of those movies that like it wasn't always on at Christmas. You had right. to sort of look for it. And my dad was a big fan of it. Yeah. Because he saw it like when it came out in the 80s. Because my dad would have been a kid around the time when like Ralphie was a kid. Yeah. Like this kid growing up in the 50s. It's 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 the, it's the it's a boomer movie. It's the mm-hmm. most boomer movie. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a boomer. Yeah. So um, that was when like he loved and would always tell people like, you got to watch this movie. It's so funny. And people are like, if it was good, it would be on all the time. And he's like, no, like you got to see it. And eventually it was on all the time and yeah. everyone was like, oh, it's my favorite. And my dad's like, it's been my favorite for fucking years. But that's one where like, uh, like big, I love that one. And cool thing is my aunt, her best friend, uh, he used to do special effects and, and things for movies before he opened up his own uh, vineyard. Uh, it's Malivoire. It's like in oh, yeah. Niagara. Yeah. He designed and built the leg lamp in a christmas story that is such a cool story yeah and he's my wow. aunt's he's my aunt's best friend and okay. he used to have like one of the lamps in his like shop window in yeah. toronto when he still did special effects but like over the years it just got like broken and dirty and like yeah he, i think he just threw it out and it's like uh, some people are like oh my god i can't believe the original lamp's gone he's like nah, like i own a vineyard now like i, I, I don't really care <laughs> yeah I, i've moved on yeah i'm yeah. not like a, a, a starving guy in a basement where it's like oh you know i could have sold that original prop for a hundred grand it's yeah. like you know, I built a couple of them. They broke. They weren't meant to last. They were, you know, made out of, like, they actually, like, they did, like, a plaster cast of, like, a woman's leg and lower butt. And, like, 
That's used incredible. that to make that lamp. Yeah. Like, it's not like a sculpt. It's like a, a form. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, what about you? What are your, uh, what's okay. your go-to uh, favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone, I just feel like it's such a classic. Yeah. Um, I do love, not a lot of people have seen it, but I love All I Want for Christmas. It's Which with, one's that one? It's with a very young Thora Birch. Okay. Um, I forget what the... She's an older actress. Oh, I forget what her name was. I'll look it up quick. Okay. You keep talking. Um, And it's like Manhattan. They're trying to get their parents back together. Their parents are separated. It's the first Christmas that they're not like celebrating all together. Um, and it's just, I like oh, it. Oh, Lauren Bacall? Yes, Lauren Bacall. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Okay. It, oh, Kevin Nealon's in it? Yes. Okay. It's a very underrated Christmas movie. And Ethan Embry? Yes. Oh, okay. I got to put this on my list. I'm like a big Christmas movie guy and I haven't, it's, I, I it's don't think very, I've heard of this one. It's very underrated. It's adorable. I love it. It just like, I, I think I like it because I like the iconic like New York, like in the winter Christmas type yeah. movie. My mom and my sisters, we always used to watch it when we were growing up. So it just like, that was, that's mine. Okay. Um... That one, and I like the Family Stone. I okay, I know what that is, but I haven't seen it. So it's Sarah Jessica Parker coming to Christmas with her uh, boyfriend for the first time, and it's a star-studded cast. So Diane Keaton is the mom, um, Rachel McAdams is the sister, uh, Luke Wilson is the brother. And she's going to meet this family for the first time. And they aren't the most welcoming to her. But she's also very quirky. And, like, you know, has a lot of edge to her. Okay. Uh, And then it's just, like, the drama of going home to meet your your boyfriend's family for the first time. And it's Christmas. And there's all these expectations. A lot of people don't like it, but I love it. Love it. And I think. I also like the one that came out last year. Dan Levy was in it. Oh. Um, Dan Levy, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I always forget the name of it. It's, it's got like a weird name. But yeah, and it's like Mackenzie Davis, uh, Allison, Allison Brie. Brie yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Mary. Steenburgen. Yep. Yeah. And Victor Garber. Yes. It's so cute. And Dan Levy's obviously Oh, and hilarious. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I just thought, like, by the end of it, no spoilers for the movie or anything. I'm like, Kristen Stewart, you can do better. Like, yeah, she was really like Mackenzie Davis is really shit to her that yeah. whole movie. I kind of thought that her and Aubrey Plaza. Was I there. want. I was shipping them by yeah. the end. I'm like, first of all, hotter couple. Like, say, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a like really cute. I did like Dan Levy as like the oddball funny friend. Yeah, I thought it was cute, but yeah. No, that one was good. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's not going to be like an every year one for me. Mm-hmm. But oh, I, I should say, as far if we're talking every years, Bad Santa, Bad Santa's one Sam and I watch every year. I'm trying to think of with what... Billy Bob and um, it's it's great. If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. So every year, my friend and I, Cassie, yeah. would watch a Christmas Prince. Oh, okay. 
Is that the one with uh, what's her face from High School Musical? No, you're thinking oh, of a Christmas night. Right, sorry. A Christmas Prince is uh, that movie where that girl, it's a reporter, she goes to this like fake European country. Right, right, right. And meets this prince and they fall in love. Oh, because Marina Sirtis from Star Trek The Next Generation is like the queen or like think, his mom or something. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah, okay. I, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, my dog is coming to greet us. <laughs> The, the the Christmas night or whatever. I think they made a third one this year. So many of them. Because it's it's Vanessa Hudgens, that's whose yeah. name I couldn't remember. Where it's like a Prince and the Popper one, the first movie. Yep. And then the second movie, I think it's a similar thing. And then this one, it's the identical girls and then the one girl's cousin. And it's like they're trying to scam somebody who scammed yeah. them and like I don't know. It's not I, I don't like that one. I like a Christmas prince because I like to make fun of it. Fair enough. But yeah, those are those are my movies. Okay, so right. yes, jumping back in, Yik and Arthur sitting at the table. They've exchanged presents. Uh, Yik's present is in a pretty small box. Yes. Or the one that he gave Arthur, sorry. Yes. And the one that Arthur gave him is in a rather large box. And one thing that has come up uh, on a lot of episodes, I think we talked about it when we were talking about uh, an earlier episode, is that after Arthur won the lottery, or, or Arthur's family won the lottery, Arthur became like weirdly paranoid about how rich he was and how he was worried about being rich and how people treat him different. And he doesn't and he's worried that he'll get kidnapped or all this stuff where, yeah, Arthur's yeah. really hung up on the fact that he's rich. But Yick at the same time is also hung up on the fact that he comes from an immigrant family that lives in a big house and doesn't have a lot of money. So um, we don't see, like, we haven't gotten to those episodes yet, but uh, Yik is very self-conscious of the fact that, like, he lives, I think, like, in an apartment in a multi-generational family. Yeah. Uh, like, with a lot of aunts and uncles and yes. cousins and stuff. Um, he talks about, like, how they did, they were uh, refugees at one point. Yeah, like, they came over on a boat. That, yeah. Uh, they, they show the clip in this episode, yeah. but basically... We'll talk about that episode when we talk about uh, Hazel being ashamed of her heritage. I was just going to say that'd be the perfect tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. So Yik... We're always thinking of you guys, listeners. <laughs> so Yik's so bent out of shape about this present. He's like, mine is so small. Yours is so big. Blah, 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 blah. And you're, you're rich. You can afford to get me like big presents. Yeah. And Arthur's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, just the thought that counts. And Yik's like, it's easy to say when you're rich, like... They basically get in like this, you know, we're, we're jumping ahead a little yeah. bit, but like they basically get in a fight as if they were an old married couple. Like yeah. it, it becomes this weird little fight. And then it is just like, okay, broken furnace, Spike and, and the baby. Like, what are we going to have as a third story? Okay. Y- Yick and Arthur. Yeah. It, it always has to center around Yick and Arthur. Yeah. Although I do love that we get to see uh, the the next Yick and Arthur, who come along, uh, Bartholomew Bonds and Scooter. Yes. Where I was watching, Sam walked by, and she's like, "Who's that tiny old man?" Because Bartholomew Bonds has like he curly like such a white. Teeny, tiny... He has like white hair, like he... it's it's like blonde white. And, and my he... wife thought that he was a tiny. He old almost man. looks like he would have been like a time traveler in like a weird little like science fiction movie. Yeah, like he would have like. He would have been like an old man to come and like warn people. Yeah. Anyway, Yik Yik gets mad and storms off. Dorothy's been watching this whole time, uh, and like we get a close up of Dorothy like staring at Yik and Arthur, like concerned that they're fighting. 
as if she cares at all. She's like so personally involved and so invested in this. Yeah. Um. So it's it's really strange, like how quickly they just turn on each other. Like, yeah. oh, you you always make me feel bad that I'm I'm rich, and like you you make me feel bad for being poor. Blah blah blah. they haven't been friends for that long but it reminds me of like a very like long injured friendship that like well i mean this is like three years in isn't it yeah like this is this is season three yeah so this is like christmas of so if they start in grade seven i guess they're in grade nine Nine? now yeah because it's the junior high i don't know it's all weird the school burns down at the end of the season Mm -hmm. so like we don't really know but yeah um uh yeah it's it's very weird um that they've been friends for a while and you can be sort of fickle friends at that age but like yeah you don't expect somebody to like have this big of a of like a fight over something so small so the custodian comes and is like i need this part for the furnace blah blah blah. her name is luella luella and i feel like they were like oh you're a custodian and put like one line of grease on her face yeah because she's supposed to have been down in the boiler or the furnace room yeah trying to get the furnace working um and she i think i read she's actually one of the writers on the show okay uh, so they just were like okay like we like your look we think you'd be a good custodian um she's got i don't know how to describe her look if if you know who susan powter is from back in the day she was like a fitness lady but she's got like bleached blonde hair that isn't that is standing on end but not to the extent of like spike's hair yeah she's like spike in the making so she's like all upset she's trying to fix this furnace she says like oh doris has my part come in yet and doris is like no it's still on back order i can't do anything so Doris walks away and Luella like like me, 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 me behind her back. Then Joey and Snake walk in. Joey's wearing a Santa hat because if Joey's wearing a hat, Joey has to always be wearing a yeah, hat. Yeah, it's like his And thing. it's Christmas, so yeah. he's wearing a Santa hat. So they say, hey, Luella, what's going on? Why isn't the furnace fixed yet? Like, it's so weird to me how, like, these two are so personally invested in the furnace getting fixed. Like, if I was in school and our furnace wasn't fixed, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I don't even think I would notice. Yeah, and the fact that, like, granted, they know her name because her, she's wearing like a workman shirt with like her name it on says it Luella on the patch. on her shirt. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think I knew the name of any of the custodians at the school, and like, no. you know, and I don't think we ever saw them. We had at my high school, the closest thing we sort of even had was we had this like old like a retired policeman who worked at the school Oh, that's adorable and he was called the com- commish he was like a commissionaire they called them that's so cute so like he was like a, a retired cop who was sort of like security but it was yeah. just basically like hey get out of the hallway yeah stop um, stop loitering but like none of us knew his name he was just yeah. commish we all just called him commish and then when he retired and and just you know left there was young commish so it was just like commish and young commish <laughs> So we cut back to Arthur and Yick. So Dorothy goes to Arthur. Yeah. She is so personally invested in this friendship. I can't. It's. Um, I mean, she's always sort of creeping on them the way Arthur used to creep on Steph. So one of the comments is, you can't tell me that that's not just Arthur in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what she looks like. This poor girl literally looks like exactly like Arthur, just with longer red hair. Um, oh, but I love that. Yeah, the whole fact that like the furnace is broken, they can't get the part. 
uh joey and snake are like why is it fixed and she's like it's not my fault that the part i ordered over a year ago or i requisitioned over a year ago still hasn't been ordered or hasn't come in or in stock yeah. or whatever yeah so she gives them like an attitude about it and joey and snake are like what like I'm shocked this person spoke back to me when I was sort of rude to them. I'm shocked that this adult that I was harassing yeah. didn't put up with it. Yeah. And also, uh, as big Friends fans, Amber and I were both like, I yep. guess Friends stole the idea of uh, Monica and Rachel's broken radiator yes. from this episode. But I love that episode. That's oh, that one is of my favorite one of the best. Christmas TV episodes. Mr. Trigger, could you come fix it? It's really hot in our apartment. Yes, it is hot enough to bake cookies. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. So good. Um, so Dorothy's meddling in their in their friendship. She's like, "Why are you guys fighting? Like, you know, what's what's the big deal?" My favorite though is they're sitting right beside a giant poster that says "Peace on Earth." Yeah. It's not lost on me. I see what Degrassi did there. Oh yeah, and also I noticed uh, one note I took when I was watching this episode is yeah. that. Uh, Yik eats bananas a lot. He eats bananas a lot. He also eats them very aggressively. Yeah. So, yeah, he's... Dorothy talks to Arthur, and Arthur's like, it's not my fault he's got such a problem with me being rich. Yeah. So Dorothy goes over to talk to Yik now, and Yik's like, it's not my fault that Arthur's always so worried, and, you know, we can't all be rich, and basically tells Dorothy to go away. Uh, Dorothy goes back to, you know, it, seemingly you think she'd just go sit with one of her friends. But instead, she sits down and sort of talks over Arthur's shoulder, like, come on, Arthur, like, think of all the things you guys have been through. Like, why don't you guys just talk to each other? And, like, Yik is just sitting one table over. They're, so... they're all just sitting at one table over from each other. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. So then Dorothy's like, oh, don't you remember, like, when you guys first met? And we see our first flashback. And you tell you can tell it's a flashback because it's got uh, blurred edges on the, of the frame. Yeah. Um, so... Um, we see when Joey and some random guy trick him into going into a closet. Yeah, the broom closet, and they call him a broom head. Yeah, and then we see Yick come in and let Arthur out of the uh, out of the, the the broom closet. And that's how they meet. Oh, one thing I miss was that Yick calls uh, Arthur. He's like, "Oh, poor little rich boy," <laughs> which uh, I love. <laughs> and then Arthur finishes remembering and tells Dorothy, "Like." That was a long time ago. Besides, Yik's changed. And Yik's like, I'm not the one who changed. And, like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. So then uh, Dorothy's like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Sets up the next The next flashback is them holding the porno tape. Swamp sex robot. So I love that Dorothy is, like, guiding these memories. Like, she's, like, one of the ghosts of Scrooge. Yeah. And... How would she know about swamp sex robots? Yeah. Unless, like, Arthur came home and was like, Dorothy, guess what? Like, Yik found swamp sex robots. Like, the problem is, yeah, a lot of the... A lot of the Arthur and Yik storylines were, like, weird sex ones, which you'll find out about in a minute. Yeah. Um, Or, like, weird dating things. So it's like, these aren't stories that, like, as a boy, you would tell anybody, let alone your younger cousin. They really did the most by pulling out all of the storylines of Arthur and Yick's B stories. Yeah. Like they really were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta go through all the archives. Yeah. We gotta find all of the stories featuring Arthur and Yick for this flashback. Yeah. Um, I do want to get back to 
One of the YouTube comments, Arthur's cousin is basically Arthur in drag. <laughs> poor Dorothy. Poor, poor Dorothy. So we're still in the flashback and they're talking about the swamp sex robots. Where basically she's like, oh, you know, like you guys have always been friends and like you've gotten up to lots of adventures. Yeah, you, you've done so many things together. Yeah. Don't you remember swamp sex robots? Yeah. So this is just them trying to get arthur's mom out of the house so they can watch swamp sex robots and arthur's like what do you think swamp sex, ro- swamp sex robots do now we have already talked about this but you yeah. haven't heard that episode yet so yeah. this is a fun preview for you guys for that's true we haven't really we haven't released that one yet yeah oh and now it's then, just a montage yeah. of their friendship of uh arthur walking up and shooting yik in the face with a water pistol and then yik walking up and shooting arthur in the face with a water pistol and just going at it like in the hallway and arthur shoots i think Dwayne, and i'm yeah. surprised he didn't get destroyed because Dwayne doesn't put up with shit Dwayne doesn't suffer fools he doesn't have time no. for that if he apologizes. oh my god arthur arthur starts to realize like maybe he's wrong and maybe. dorothy's like why don't you guys just m- make up and arthur's like only if yik apologizes which is such a shitty boy thing to say and then yik says i'm not apologizing he needs to apologize so then do we they see... not have class today? <laughs> this must be lo- well, it's lunch, but we see Maya and Kathleen, uh, and they're walking through. I knew. And Kathleen I knew says, you wanted to mention this because as soon as I saw the clip of Kathleen and Maya, I was like, Alex is going to have something to say about this. Oh no! Just the fact that like Maya mentions that she's Jewish and that she celebrates Hanukkah. I feel like this was the writer's way of being like we need a little bit of diversity. Like yeah. not everybody celebrates Christmas. Enter the token for all diversity. Yeah. Maya, who is in a wheelchair, and now we find out she is Jewish. Yeah. But I um, love like Kathleen is walking beside her and is like, Maya, what do you, what does your family do for Christmas? And then Maya's like, We don't celebrate Christmas, Kathleen. We celebrate Hanukkah. And then yeah. they do like a little blurb about what Hanukkah is as they're yeah. walking through the cafeteria. Yeah. And I also, um, I love that, like, Kathleen doesn't talk about what she's doing because her mom is going to get plastered yeah. on on rum, uh, pass out, and Kathleen probably won't have any gifts to open because, uh, yeah, Kathleen's mom is a uh, raging alcoholic. Guys, we, we, we're not there yet, but it does make me very sad. We, we don't get to talk about that until we get to Ellie's mom. Oh, shit. That's not till like, season... <laughs> Three? Three or four yeah. of, of Next Generation. Yeah. Ellie comes in in season two. Yeah. And then we get a little bit of... Because we find out that she's cutting because her mom is a drunk and her dad's in the army or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stay tuned, guys, because Degrassi gets fucking bleak. Yep. But we also have iconic moments such as Ashley hates singing to Craig. Oh, so good. So good. Yep. I love it. Also... I, okay, after I watched this episode last night, I watched more of the Craig episodes, and I forgot how good Craig's song is. Oh, I, I haven't heard it in a long time. Guys, get ready, because Craig, Craig is coming, and he's my favorite. Yeah. So Kathleen and Maya are basically used to walk through the cafeteria. And so talk about can, Hanukkah. So that we can pan over to yeah. the table of uh, the Great Eight Girls, where you've got Spike and the twins. Yes. And... Uh, they're all talking about like, uh, oh, having a baby must be kind of fun and, and blah, blah, blah. And so, Spike's like, having a baby sucks. So 
we're we haven't done that episode yet but spike gets pregnant soon yes it, like in well yeah it, it's it we're all over the place yeah we're sticking with we're doing all of uh next generation in order yes but we are jumping all over for classic degrassi yeah because uh we want to be able to, if there's an episode that ties in or that is a remake in Next Generation, we want to talk about that well, and then and talk about what it's like the remake of. Basically, so. we can just do whatever we want. Too. Yeah, it's our, it's, podcast. it's our podcast. Yeah, suck, suck it. Yeah. So Spike has now given birth to Emma, yeah. who, as Emma, you know, is Emma. Emma, Emma. And she's like, you have to watch them all the time. And they're like, no, having a baby would be so fun. And then she's like, they're like, you make her sound like a monster. And she's like, she basically is. Yeah, they're all just sitting around the calf and basically complaining. And uh, Spike's like, you know, my mom helps me out when she can. But it's it's not always easy. And they just don't really seem to get it. And even Liz is there. Yeah. you know, we I think we've already had the Liz focused episodes, but we get more into her in uh, High. But yeah, then they're all sitting around complaining, and then Spike gets called to the office, and as she's walking out of the calf, uh, Shane and BLT are walking through, and Shane sort of says like, "Hey, like, how how are you? How's Emma?" And Spike's like, "We're fine." And BLT's like, "Hey, man, like, don't even worry about it. Like, if she wants to take care of the baby on her own, like." letter and then shane's like hey man but like i'm still i'm still paying like i'm I'm paying just wait till we get to the line it is yeah. my favorite line in this episode when he talks about paying but so we cut to yik and he's eating uh pudding out of a metal can which uh always makes me think of bill and ted's excellent adventure um <laughs> just because like pudding out of a can is such like that's something amber and i just missed yes like being kids of we were born in the 80s, but like you were born in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yes, I was yeah, born yeah. in the 80s. Uh, but grew up in the 90s. Like by the time we were going to school, you had snack pack like in the little plastic cup. We grew up where everything you brought was plastic. Yeah. Like now what I'm seeing like people bring like lunches in is like bento boxes. Yeah. And like cute little containers for everything. Yeah. Like it was like a sandwich bag for your fruit and a plastic pudding cup and maybe um you had like a sandwich container Mm -hmm. but everything was plastic yep so i'm sorry to the future generations it's our fault the planet is burning yeah anyway yik is enjoying his pudding his metal encased pudding Mm mm-hmm and Dorothy is just glaring at him. Because Yik looks over his shoulder again to look at Arthur to see, oh, maybe Arthur's going to apologize. And of course he's not. Like, I love that. Like, she is wasting her lunch solving their problem. Yeah. And she's like, what about all the times you guys helped each other? And then she, and then Yik's like, well, what are you even talking about? And she's like, what about the time he lent you Stephanie's paper? Which again, granted, this might have been a story where like Arthur warned her like, hey, like, she might have asked for one of his papers at one point, and he's like, hey, I can't do that because Radich knows. He yeah. caught Yik and I because we, we reused one of the papers. So we cut to this flashback where it's... Just it's so weird to me that she knows everything that has happened to them. Oh, for sure. But... It's, it's one of the first episodes of the show, and yeah. Mr. Radich, he doesn't really pick on Yik, but, like, he's just one of those teachers that, like, he'll give certain kids a hard time, and it's because Yik is messy. Yik yes. has like papers all over. He's really yep. disorganized. He doesn't hand in his work on so, time. 
and uh, and Raditz calls him like Mr. You Yik You the disorganized. Yes, unfortunately, like instead of getting to the root of the problem and being like, why are you so disorganized? Like, yeah, maybe you have undiagnosed ADHD. Maybe there's something that's wrong. Yeah, he just picks on him. Yeah, but like I, I you know, I had teachers like this, and like yeah, yeah, same. You know, like the, I don't think any of them were doing it to be super malicious. It was just no. sort of. But it did set a bad precedent because then it's like, oh, if the teacher's picking on this kid, that means I can pick on this kid. Yes, yeah. So it is a way to enable bullies. But, uh, yeah, so we cut to this flashback. Again, blurry edges of the screen. That's how we know it's a flashback. And Radich is giving Yik a hard time about just, like, everything is is messed up on his yeah. desk. And he's like, look. But, like, Yik's also, like, reading a comic book in class. And he's like, you really need to work harder you know, you need to hand in better assignments. You're not doing that great. And, but he, like, says it in front of the class. Like, calls him out. And then Yik is like, he's just racist. Like, he wouldn't give me a good grade even if I handed in a good paper. Like, he's just prejudiced against me. Mm-hmm. And Arthur's like, what if we did an experiment? What if we got a paper from his class last year? And uh, we have you rewrite it and hand it in. And then if he gives it a good grade, then you know he's not racist. It just means, you know, he wants you to work harder yeah yeah so uh arthur or yik's like where would you even get a paper because at this point yik doesn't know in this flashback that arthur is stephanie's brother nobody oh yeah yeah i I forgot that when i was watching this because i was like why wouldn't yik just ask yeah nobody really knows like yeah because it's like the big secret in season one um so then we see yeah arthur like sneaks it over (laughs) in like a paper bag or whatever like trying to be discreet sneaks it over for yik yik copies it over hands it in radich calls him up to the front of the class and like gives him an a minus he's like oh you got an a an a minus to be true but it's but still an, an a it's still an a and like it was a b plus for stephanie so like he's even padded it up a little bit for yeah. yik being like oh i'm impressed like i'm giving you a little higher on this mark than it would have been from anybody else which disproves his theory that radich is racist or hates him exactly so now Yik is like, well, I have to keep it going. Yeah. So they have to keep getting Stephanie's papers. Yeah. Which Arthur doesn't want to do because it's a bad idea. Yik yeah. is wrong. Um, and uh, then we we find out in the next clip we see that Radich catches them. Yeah. That he realizes like, yeah, I really like this line you wrote here. I liked it a lot better when I read it on Stephanie K's paper last year. How did you get Stephanie K's paper? And blah, blah, blah. And he, like, you know, in front of the class is giving it to Yik. And then Arthur pipes in and is like, I gave it to him, uh, you know. And he gives them both the tension and that they have to come back after school and write, like, an essay explaining why, you know, uh, uh, plagiarism is wrong. And, and... and, like, why what they did was wrong. Yeah. Honestly, that's not the worst thing. Like, they could have gotten suspended for that. Yeah. <laughs> So then we get a brief clip of Arthur and Yik, like, back in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and Arthur being like, yeah, but then do you remember what happened after that? Like, You got me in trouble. Yeah, you got me in trouble. Yeah. And we find out that the reason that uh, Yik and Arthur were helping each other was Yik was trying to help Arthur be better at basketball. Yeah. Because Yik is actually good at basketball. So then we see them sitting in detention, and they're fighting, and then Yik writes a paper, an apology paper to Radich, and then... Radish actually gives it like a good grade the yeah. next day and he's like the, like here's the first a that like you've ever really earned and then arthur's like it's all thanks to me that you got your first good grade and it's like okay arthur like you're you're a little bit full of yourself 
Like, as much as Yik is being overly sensitive, Arthur's being, like, a big dick. Such a big dick. So we cut to the girls. Yeah. And um, when Spike was called to the office right before, Spike was saying, like, I'm worried I'm going to fail, blah, 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 blah. And now the girls are like, what? Well, she's been in there for a long time. Like, do you think she is failing? And they're like, not straight A Spike. Yeah. So we see her walking through the cafeteria with baby Emma. <gasps> and like, I'm assuming this is the first time she's brought Emma to school. Yes, because everybody is so excited. Yeah. And it's not like in a bassinet. It's in like this little like cradle carrying seat thing. Yeah. Um, and... Everybody's crowding around. One of my favorite lines is that Joey is sitting next to Shane, who is yeah. the father of the baby. Yeah. And he says, hey, look, everybody, it's, it's Spike's it's, baby. It's Spike's baby. <laughs> so everybody gets up to see Emma, except for Shane. Uh, I think Shane feels a little weird because he, it's his baby. he doesn't really see Emma. Spike no. doesn't really want him around. Uh, Joey makes cute faces at the baby. It's very cute. Everybody's, like, loving it. And, yeah, Spike says that the woman who watches her normally, I think that woman's husband got in a car accident or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, everybody's fine, but she just can't watch the baby. So, so everybody's... So, naturally, she brings her to school. Yeah. So, uh, everybody's swooning over the baby, and then... Shane is sort of on the other side of the cafeteria. It is an awkward, weird thing. Like, I do feel a little bad for him. It really is. Because, like, we haven't really covered any of these episodes, but, like, Spike gets pregnant. She eventually tells Shane. He has a hard time telling his parents because, like, they're very strict and weird. And then when he tells them, they insist on, like, helping Spike's mom. And Spike's mom is very proud and doesn't want any help. And neither does Spike. And then they want to send Shane away to, like... A military school. Yeah, military school. Yeah. To set him straight because of all the, you know, the fact that he got a girl pregnant. Yeah. And then, yeah, like he, you know, he's fucking 14 Mm -hmm. and has a kid. Like, I'm not defending Shane for doing dipshit stuff. It's just like, I remember being 14 and I can't imagine if it was like, oh, and you also have a baby. You you (laughs) are now responsible for taking care of a human life. Yeah. So... It's it's an awkward scene. Yeah. And they like Spike sort of looks at Shane from across the cafeteria and he gives her sort of like a half smile. Yeah. But he's not coming over to see the baby. He's sort of respecting Spike's boundaries that it's 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 Spike's baby. It's his baby, yeah. but it's Spike's baby. Yeah. So again, we cut back to Yik and Arthur and uh the this I I do remember what they say. Oh, Yik's like, "What about when I helped you about your dreams?" And Dorothy's like, "What dreams?" Uh, because obviously Arthur, in all of his storytelling, never told Dorothy about when he was insecure about having wet dreams. Okay, so this was something that they didn't have to include in the flashback. No, but they were just so short on footage that they're yep. like, let's have the f- three-minute scene where Arthur and Yick talk about... Arthur talks about waking up sticky. Oh my god, it's so awkward. He's like, oh, do you ever wake up and you've leaked or you're sticky or whatever and like it feels like you wet the bed like i'm sure they could have found something else like or have a longer scene with baby emma and spike like this just this is just i can't i mean i don't like i don't know if you want me to go into it like you know you very nicely got into about your we haven't gotten to it the listeners haven't heard but about your first period or whatever like i remember that when we were watching like the sex ed videos in grade four or five that they talked about wet dreams Mm -hmm. and i was like oh okay like this is a thing that like it was one of those things i was like constantly worried about 
as a kid like oh my god like i'm just i'm just gonna have wet dreams like all the time all and like i don't know many people who did have them and i can't say i ever really had any but i think it's also more like if you aren't masturbating often it's your body's way of subconsciously like clearing out your system and i'm not gonna get into it but from the age of like 12 on there wasn't a lot of time where i was like you know not not keeping myself busy and now we know a lot more about you you do yep merry christmas um so basically this whole clip is that arthur and yick arthur's really insecure he thinks he's a pervert he doesn't want to talk to anybody about the fact that he's having these wet dreams he's he's nervous to talk to like even his dad or anybody about it so yick says let's call dr dr sally dr sally who we've established in the next generation she comes back it is sex with sue sue johansson from canadian tv yick is listening to the radio program on like the world's largest boombox boombox yeah so like if you're walking down the street yeah you would hear dr sally yeah be like tell your friend he's not a pervert he's not a monster yeah. these things are normal like yeah oh my in the God. episode it's funny because arthur's super nervous and it's like dr sally's show is only on once a week he's nervous about the fact that he thinks he's a pervert he's afraid everyone's gonna shun him whatever yeah so he they call the show arthur's too afraid to talk and then yick grabs the microphone or grabs the phone and he's like my friend keeps having a lot of wet dreams. He's worried he's a pervert. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's a pervert. And yeah, Dr. Sally says no. And then the clip they don't show is right after that. Because Kathleen and Melanie listen to the show all the time, they heard, they recognized Yick's voice. And oh. they're like, oh, Yick, yeah, your friend must be having lots of problems. Okay, well, I can't wait till we do that episode. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Um. So So that clip finishes and we cut back to the cafeteria. Um. And yeah, you just see Arthur sitting there. And he does not want to tell Dorothy about these dreams. This is Yick trying to embarrass Arthur by bringing this up. And Dorothy just won't let it go. She's like, what dreams were you having? Like, what do you mean? How did he help you with dreams? And then Arthur's like, I figured it out on my own anyways. Like, I didn't need you. And yeah, Dorothy just won't let it go. Like, what dreams? Uh, And then immediately we jump into the next clip where... Arthur's like, well, what about when you when you wanted to ask out Melanie? And uh, it's 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 you know an awkward clip of like trying to ask out a girl, and you know Yick's afraid to ask out Melanie. I just I honestly like this is painful. It's so painful because it's like they couldn't have picked two of the more awkward. Yeah, like they picked like the two worst Degrassi characters to do this like montage with. Yeah, it's. But they're the only two characters painful. you could do a clip show with, honestly, at this point. Yeah, that's Like, true. you could maybe do a Joey one, but, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. We, people forget that, like, Arthur and Yick, like, the Toby and JT of their time, they were, like, the stars of the show. That's true. They were, like, every B story. Yeah. They were, like, the only seventh graders for a while in, like, the first... Se- like, you had Melanie yeah, and Kathleen yeah, and yeah. Caitlin, but, like... Yeah. They were the only, like, boy seventh graders. Mm-hmm. So... You know, Arthur keeps trying to give Yick advice on how to ask out Melanie, and it's kind of hilarious because, like, Arthur doesn't know fucking any better. Arthur has never asked out anybody. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. It's like the blind leading the blind. I love it. So then he's like, you got to pay her a compliment. So Yick goes like, oh, like, your eyes are so beautiful. They're like two swimming pools. Yeah. And just as he's saying that as practice to Arthur, uh, Snake and Tim Tim walk walk by. by and look like 
horrified because they don't know that he's practicing. But it's cute that they don't like make fun of them. Yeah, for they're it. just sort of like, what? Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, Yik walks up to Melanie and says, like, oh, Melanie, your eyes are like pimming swools. And uh, clearly just misspeaking. And then uh, Melanie and Kathleen just, like, burst out laughing. They think in it's his the face. funniest thing ever. No, granted, Melanie is really immature. So, like, she is. I get it. But, like, yeah. they're like, what were you even talking about? What, what are pimming e- swools? What does that like, even mean? Yeah. It's, again, uh, it's like on Friends, the nutter butt quash or whatever when ross says butternut squash wrong oh yeah <laughs> so again friends stealing from the best oh so we cut back cut away from the clip we're yep. inside the cafeteria and bartholomew bonds and scooter walk in and they became sort of like the next arthur and yick uh bartholomew bonds has a uh, white curly hair and scooter uh is a uh, a black kid with glasses yep they are and like Bartholomew Bonds used to like he, he, you don't just call him Bartholomew he's Bartholomew you, you Bonds have to call him Bartholomew and he carries Bonds. around a little briefcase or whatever yeah. and I think he's actually a lawyer now uh, we looked him up one time he is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so, so this is two episodes after Wheels' parents die in a drunk driving or they're killed by a drunk driver yeah in a car accident yeah and Wheels walks in the cafeteria and sits down and Snake's like, oh, this gotta be rough. This is his first par- Christmas without his parents. Like, they just died. It's it's kind of brutal. They go over. It's it's Snake and Joey. Mm-hmm. And they just want to basically check on Wheels. I know. I feel like... Ugh, poor Wheels. Yeah. Wheels, who started off so strong in the show yeah. and then meets his birth dad and everything. But just like, everything goes wrong. So Wheels is like sitting there staring sadly at a bag of chips that he hasn't opened. And Joey nicely is like, hey, man, like Christmas coming up. Like, why don't you come for dinner for Christmas dinner? And Wheels is like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm having dinner. dinner with my yeah. grandparents. And Joey's like, that's OK. Bring them. Yeah. And Wheels is embarrassed. He's like, oh, like my grandparents kind of old. And Joey's like, so? And Wheels is like. Wheels is like... Oh, My grandpa he's... drools a lot. Yeah, when he eats. And Joey's like, that's okay. Who cares? And he's like, oh, my mom's making like uh, Giuseppe d'Italia yeah, like or some, whatever. Yeah, some Italian dish. Yeah. And then um, Joey says, it's okay. It's Christmas. You can drool as much as you want. Yeah, which is cute. Like he's it's, being it's super... such like a nice like friend yeah. thing to do. Because people forget, and we like to mention, yeah. uh, that Joey and Wheels are the original friends. Yes. Snake came later. But Joey and Wheels, like, were tight from the beginning of the show. So Shane finally walks over to see Emma, and Alexa gets up and is staring so awkwardly at this interaction. Yeah. Like, just walk away. Yeah. It's very weird. And then Shane's like, can I hold the baby, please? And they're like, oh, you know, it can't hurt. And she's like, okay, only for a bit. Like, I don't know. I I get that, like, it's Spike's baby. He, you know... He only has so many rights, but, like, I get it being, like, a 14-year-old boy and being, like, I kind of want to hold my own baby. Like, yeah. So, uh, they give Emma to Shane, and she starts crying a little bit, but he starts rocking her and, you know, soothing her. And then she uh, stops crying, and he sort of walks around the cafeteria to show her off, just be like, hey, look, I'm a dad. And a lot of the girls are like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, that's so sweet, but... Not Liz. Liz clearly hates it. Uh, I think Liz is just, like, very fearful of any guy. Yeah, and rightly so. Liz had a really fucked up childhood. Uh, 
and then again back to the clip show i can't i can't with this anymore like yeah. my god it's over presents like yeah either open them or don't open them yeah i think i think we missed my favorite line though where um shane when asking if he can hold emma he said come on spike i help you out a lot uh I, I i help out with the baby i give you half my allowance how much do you think his allowance is I want to say like five bucks a week. So like at most, he's giving her two fifty a week. Yeah, so ten dollars a month. So that wouldn't even cover diapers. I no. don't think that wouldn't I mean, even cover formula. Granted, like it could be a little more if he's doing a lot of chores or if his yeah. parents have something set up. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's 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 kind of awkward. So sorry. Yes, we are we're back in another flashback. So this one's about a vase. So in this one, we haven't done this episode either, but it's about having to do a project on your family and Yik is embarrassed and Yik says, who wants to hear about being poor? Yes. This is the one we said we'll, we'll sync up well with the Hazel episode. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good tie in. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, Yik's sort of ashamed of his heritage that he's a, a Laotian refugee and um doesn't want to have to tell everybody that he thinks it's a boring story yeah and you're all supposed to bring in it's more about like you're supposed to bring in something from your family's history to show mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and yik's family came over on a boat with no belongings so it's like he he doesn't really have anything he can show off yeah so he's really self-conscious about it he's walking down i'm i'm gonna say young street or bloor in toronto walks past a shop and sees like this uh, vase in the window it looks like an old Chinese vase, and it's like four ninety nine. So he goes in and buys it, and then tells Arthur, like, "Oh yeah, no, it's it's this vase that's been in my family for thousands of years." And Arthur's like, "Do you know what dynasty?" And he's like, "Ming, Ming. or I don't know, something like that." Yeah, and it's really old though. It's yeah, it's been in the family for thousands of years. So then Arthur says, "Let let me get it appraised for you." Yeah. So Arthur has it in his possession. Accidentally knocks it off the table and it breaks and. We see a footage of him trying to, like, glue it together as if it's, like, you know, a puzzle or, or something. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and then Yik is furious. And Arthur's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I'll pay for it. Like, it was an accident. And... Um, Who cares about boat people? Yeah. And Arthur's like, you should just tell everybody about how you actually got here. And Yik's like... Yeah, who cares about boat people? And Arthur's like, it's a really great story, and I think people will like it. So then we see footage of Yik telling the story about his family coming over on a boat, being mm-hmm. refugees, and, you know, that it that they were on the boat for, like, did you say months, like, or weeks, or... I think it was weeks. Yeah, they were on the boat for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and everybody claps after they hear the story, and Miss Avery is very supportive and is like, really great, you know. And then uh, class lets out, and everybody runs up to talk to yik about it and because it's it is a really cool story like yeah like i remember being in school there was a girl who was like a a, a refugee from like uh sarajevo mm-hmm. um like you know and none of us were like oh gross it was like oh okay like we don't uh, we're too young to sort of understand like what's going on in the world yeah. but like we know wherever you came from there's bombs and stuff like that's what I knew. That's like, oh, okay. There's been bombs dropped. So again, we cut back to the cafeteria. They're, they're still, they're still fighting. Yeah, and Dorothy basically, basically, Dorothy's like, you guys are both really dumb. Like you guys are best friends, and you're mad at each other over 
presence. Like, why are you guys so dumb? She really laid into them. Yeah. Oh, here's Luella with a little bit more grease on her face. Yeah. So Joey and Snake go over to bother her again. Or just Joey this time. And Joey's like, so are you able to fix the furnace? And she's like, yeah, it's fixed for the time being. And Joey says, Luella fixed the furnace. Everybody applauds her. She puts so, up her thumb and the wrench. So embarrassing. And Joey says, not bad for a woman. Yeah. And all the girls boo him and throw food at him. Uh, and Luella calls him. What does she call him again? As she is walking out, she just glares at him and goes, goofball. Yeah. She calls him goofball like two or three times. Yeah. So then Yick's looking at his present and then looks at the big sign that Amber pointed out earlier that says <laughs> the peace, peace on, on earth. earth. And it's all coming together for him now. And Yick has now decided like. I guess yeah. I'm not mad anymore. Instantly. Yeah. I guess I guess I will make it up to him. Yeah. So they go and exchange gifts. And um, Dorothy is oh my so God. excited. And uh, Tessa. And Tessa. They're all so invested in this friendship. Because well, this is before Tessa and Yik date. Because oh, they yes. eventually are a couple. Guys. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So um, Arthur's like, yeah, no, who cares how much you spent? Uh, Arthur opens the gift from Yick and it's a new calculator. Yep. And Arthur's super excited because he's a big fucking nerd. Uh, Yick unwraps his present and like it's a very small thing in a very big box. And Arthur talks about how in his family you always wrap presents so that like people don't know what's going to be in the box. So Arthur's like Yick's like I don't know what this is. It looks like a friendship bracelet sort of thing. Yeah. And Arthur's like it's a strap for putting on the back of your glasses so that you don't always have to push them up on your face. And then Yick's like, what did this cost? A few bucks? And Arthur's like, so? And Yick's like, your calculator costs $14.99. And Arthur's like, it's the thought that counts. And like, to be fair, $14.99 in like late 80s, like that's a lot of that money. That is a lot of that's money. That's like 40 bucks now yeah. to spend on like your friend. So then uh, <laughs> they they both sort of like, they say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Brewhead. They, they clap hands, and it and pans to Dorothy standing, standing in the back. beside the dove in, like, the, the peace on earth thing. Just, like, so happy that she was able to piece to piece that, that friendship back together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And normally the episodes are, are a little longer, but we wanted this to just be a nice Christmas episode for all you guys. Yep, yep. Um... Yeah, and we hope everybody listening has a a very Merry Christmas. Or uh, I think Hanukkah's already over by this Hanukkah point. Hanukkah is over. Um, or a, uh, a, a good Kwanzaa yep. or uh, Ramadan or Tet. And um, hopefully um, the Omicron variant doesn't fuck with your Christmas plans. Yeah. I mean, I'm flying to Nova Scotia tomorrow, so we'll oh. see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I don't know. It's we're double masking and being as safe as we can, and yeah. it's uh, you know. But I, I, we're going out there, and we're gonna do what we got to do. As far as we know, as of right now, there's no travel bans. There's no anything like that. So no. it should be okay. But if we get stuck out there, there's worse things. So all right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, we'll see you guys in 2022. That's right.